0: Welcome to the weekly podcast of Valley Church. I pray that this message will fill you with the hope of the gospel and will help you follow Jesus today. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, visit valleychurchwv.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. Well, good morning, Valley Church. Uh, It's good to be with you. I'm excited to open God's word. Together, we're continuing this series um, sent through the book of Acts. And I want to start by reading a verse to you that is not from the book of Acts. It's from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 9, verse 9. And as I read this verse, I just want you to listen to it and um, kind of tuck it in the back of your mind. Don't forget about it because we're going to circle back around to it. Um, and just ponder these words with me from Proverbs 9 9. They say, Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. So just keep those words at the back of your mind. Today, We're going to be looking at the next portion um, in the book of Acts, chapter 18, so you can turn there, and I'll just give you um, a brief overall summary of what we're going to learn today. We're going to learn about some people who had an incomplete understanding of the gospel message, and we're going to see how God sent a husband and wife team priscilla and aquila we actually met them last week at the beginning of chapter 18 along with the apostle paul to teach this people the complete message of jesus christ and the filling of the holy spirit now um i know that pastor jonathan just prayed with us But I want us just to pause again, and I want you to close your eyes and position yourself to, um, position your heart to receive from the Lord this morning with me. So just take a few minutes, a few seconds, maybe down minutes, but just to be quiet before him. Father God, we are here this morning to humbly seek you. And God, right now, I ask that you would teach us what we need to know about you that we don't already know. Something new. God, give us ears to hear And to listen to the teaching of your Holy Spirit. But then help us to act upon that teaching today as we receive it from you. And we just ask all this in the name of Jesus for your glory. Again, amen. Well, um, Acts 18, we're going to start with verse 18. So pick it up with me there. Acts 18, verse 18 reads, "'After this, Paul stayed many days longer "'and then took leave of the brothers "'and set sail for Syria, "'and with him Priscilla and Aquila. "'At Centre he had cut his hair, "'for he was under a vow. "'And they came to Ephesus, and he left them there, "'but he himself went into the synagogue "'and reasoned with the Jews.'" When they asked him to stay for a longer period, he declined, but on taking leave of them, he said, I will return to you if God wills, and he set sail from Ephesus. When he had landed at Caesarea, he went up and greeted the church and then went down to Antioch. After spending some time there, he departed and went from one place to the next through the region of Galatia and Phrygia strengthening all the disciples. And we're going to pause there and talk about this portion first. In verse 18, we find that Paul is completing his second missionary journey, and he brings along his fellow tent makers, this husband and wife team, Priscilla and Aquila. And then we read of Paul cutting his hair at Centre. And um, it seems just a little odd that that's thrown into the text, right? Like, oh, and then Paul went and got a haircut, right? Like, what? Okay. But what we need to know is that this was part of a specific vow that Paul had taken called the Nazarite vow, which was a separating of a person for the Lord. Then, if you look back in the Old Testament to the book of Numbers, chapter 6, it gives all the specifics that go along with the Nazarite vow. Here are a few of them. You weren't supposed to drink wine or alcohol. You couldn't eat grapes. You couldn't touch a dead body or the carcass of a dead animal. And you couldn't cut your hair. And when you finish this vow, you would take your hair and burn it at the temple in Jerusalem. This can sound kind of odd to us, but it was very sacred and it was a special thing to the Jews at that time in Jerusalem. So we find Paul land in Ephesus and he leaves Aquila and Priscilla there. Well, I kind of love this. He jumps off ship just enough time to go in and preach Jesus At the synagogue, right? Because Paul takes every opportunity he has. And then he jumps back on board the ship to head to Jerusalem, where he's gonna complete this Nazarite vow by delivering his hair. And Paul's plan is if God allows, then he wants to return to Ephesus. Then we find when Paul is done in Jerusalem, he begins his third missionary journey. Okay, so this is his third journey. And he's heading back toward Ephesus, but he takes the opportunity along the way to encourage previous churches and disciples. You see, what Paul was really good at is that he didn't just believe in having converts and bringing people to know Jesus as their Savior and then leaving them to fend for themselves. No, Paul knew the important role of discipleship. And so as he's making his way back to Ephesus, he's stopping at these previous churches, meeting up with these previous disciples, and it says at the end of verse 23, he's strengthening all the disciples, continuing to encourage them and their faith. Keep following Jesus. Then pick it up with me. We're going to read, starting at verse 24. It says... But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained the way of God to him more accurately. So we're going to stop here. A few things I want us to recognize about Apollos from these verses is that he was a Jew And he's from Alexandria, which is down in Egypt. So there's a separation of Ephesus, which is above the Mediterranean Sea, and then Egypt, down below. So we have the big Mediterranean Sea between the two. So he's from down in Egypt. He comes to Ephesus. And it says he was an intelligent man who knew the scriptures well. He was passionate as he taught Jesus except There was one problem. Apollos only knew the baptism of John. So, what was the baptism of John? Well, if you remember with me, John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. And his job was to go before Jesus and prepare the way for Jesus to tell people, repent and turn, the Savior, your Messiah, Jesus, is coming. But John's baptism was not sufficient for salvation because his baptism was only a precursor to baptism in the name of Jesus Christ the baptism that gives us the Holy Spirit. So as Apollos is boldly speaking this in the synagogue, Priscilla and Aquila hear him, and they care enough to pull him aside and teach him the complete gospel, that Jesus did come, that he did die, that he did rise again and he brought salvation to all along with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And what I see, and I'll just say in the past few weeks as I was reading and meditating on these verses, I I asked the Holy Spirit, what is it that you want me to see, that you want me to know to communicate through this passage and honestly, it seemed almost too simple. But I think sometimes the simple things are what we overlook the most. We kind of check them off. Check, done, completed. I already know that. But do we really know it? Because what I see from Apollos right away, and this is what the Holy Spirit showed me, is that he had a teachable heart. And that is the title for today's message. If you don't remember anything else, remember this. You have one fill in the blank if you had a bulletin this week and it is that a teachable heart is at the center of following Jesus. Apollos could have been prideful and rejected any further teaching from Priscilla and Aquila thinking he already knew it all but he didn't. You know, after all, it says in the scriptures that he was intelligent, he knew the scriptures well, and he was passionate and not afraid to preach. But when Apollos was pulled to the side to teach him the complete gospel, further truth, he received it humbly. You know, I believe that Priscilla and Aquila saw the passion within Apollos, and they knew that man can do great things for the kingdom of God. But we need to teach him the complete gospel. But I also believe that Priscilla and Aquila wanted to introduce Apollos to his greatest teacher, the Holy Spirit, A teachable heart is at the center of following Jesus. Did you know that when God finds someone who is teachable, he calls him wise? Wisdom comes from God. Therefore, a teachable heart is always learning the ways of God. If a person is truly teachable, they will freely grant other people the permission and freedom to speak into their life and not be offended. Now, I have an example of this from my own life that is very humbling, but I'm going to tell you this story. And I'll start it like this. Hello, my name is Precious. And I struggle with pride. A few years ago, when Jonathan and I lived in Michigan, we thought the Lord was calling us to church plants. And so we started researching different church planting organizations, and we found one called Stadia that plants churches all around the world. And the first part of it was to take a week-long assessment for them to assess if we would be good church planners. And so I went into that with a very prideful heart, thinking that they were going to tell Jonathan and I, get out of here. You don't need us. You know what you're doing. Go plan a church tomorrow. It's going to be amazing. You know, after all, I was practically born into the church. I grew up in a Christian home. I've been a Christian since I was seven. I know a lot of the Bible, and, and I knew that a lot of the people in this assessment, some of them were newer to their faith. But boy, was I wrong about what I thought they were going to say to Jonathan and I. Because that week, God did a deep work in my heart. You know when you cry and you cry and you cry, that gives you like pounding headaches? So this assessment happened during COVID. It was all over Zoom. We never met these assessors in person, still haven't to this day. But God kept revealing precious. You're prideful and he kept breaking me down it's kind of like you're shedding all this stuff and and that's why i was crying so much because it was like really lord like again after day 2 and there was 5 days of it and by the end of that week i realized they're not going to tell Jonathan and i to go and plant a church you see The Holy Spirit had given these assessors enough wisdom and discernment to know that Jonathan and I had some unhealthy places in our life that we needed to work through. But I'll never forget what the lead assessor said to me the last day of the assessment. She said, Precious, thank you for having a teachable heart this week and letting God do a deep work in you. And she said, if you keep being teachable, God can take you far. You know, it is only by the grace of God that I was able to learn that lesson and allow the Holy Spirit to do that deep work and it reminds us me reminds me that god looks at the heart of people and he chooses to use those who are humble before him he's not looking for the know-it-all who thinks they already know everything and don't need to be taught and you know sometimes i think the hardest people to have teachable hearts are actually the ones who have grown up in a Christian home or they've been in the church their whole lives. They can just recite tons of Bible verses and they know all the answers at Bible study or in Sunday school. But this can also be their greatest sin struggle and their greatest fall if they don't remember to have humility and a teachable heart. Jesus is looking for teachable hearts, like that of Apollos, who even though he knew a lot, was still humble, and he was eager to know more the heart of God. Is that your desire, to know more the heart of God? It reminds me of a couple of verses, one being Jesus' own words. He said in Luke 14, 11, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. In 1 Peter 5, 5 through 6, it says, Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. When we have an open heart to learn, we position ourselves to receive wisdom from God and others. And Jesus affirms a teachable heart because he knows it has potential to learn and understand the things of God. And when you have a teachable heart, check out what God can do. Read the last two verses with me. Verse 27, it says, And when he, Apollos, wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. So Apollos crosses over to Achaia after having been discipled by Priscilla and Aquila, and he continues to preach Jesus, except this time Something is different in his preaching. Look again at verse 28. Do you see the difference from verse 25, three verses before, to verse 28? Because before being discipled by Priscilla and Aquila, in verse 25 it says, Apollo spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. And then we get to verse 28, after his time with Priscilla and Aquila, and it says, he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. So the first time he preached concerning the things of Jesus, and now he's using the scriptures to show that the Christ who they have been waiting for was Jesus. Boom! Boom! Apollos got it. He got it. He took what he learned and he preached it boldly with passion. Because you see, when you humble yourself by having a teachable heart, God can do great things through you. Now we're going to spend the rest of our time reading just the beginning of Acts 19. So pick it up with me in verse 1. Says, and it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples, and he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what then were you baptized? They said, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to the believe and the one who is to come after him. That is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about 12 men in all. So then we... Read about 12 Ephesian disciples like Apollos. They only had a basic understanding of the Messiah, Jesus, and his ministry. Only what could be gained through the message of John the Baptist, which was the message of repentance. They had not heard or expl- experienced Jesus' complete work on the cross to bring about their salvation and also the gift of the Holy Spirit that he left with them before he returned to heaven. So Paul took the time to disciple this small group of men and explain the gospel fully to them. And here we see again, not prideful or know-it-all hearts in these men, But instead, teachable hearts that were eager to learn the complete gospel, the good news of Jesus. And besides their salvation, Paul was eager for these men to have the filling of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Now I want to pause here for a bit and reflect on who the Holy Spirit is in the life of the believer. Because too often... I think the Holy Spirit is what some refer to as the forgotten God. And we don't want the Holy Spirit to be forgotten in Valley Church. The church can be eager to preach on God the Father and God the Son, but when it comes to God the Holy Spirit, sometimes we get a little creeped out because we don't understand who he is or what he does in the life of a follower of Jesus. So I want to tell you a little bit, the Holy Spirit is one of the persons of the Godhead, what we would call our triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And they all play a different role. We believe that when a person receives, we believe that a person receives the Holy Spirit When they confess their sin, believing in Jesus Christ alone for salvation, and then as a response to what Jesus has done, we encourage baptism for the believer to publicly confess that they're following Jesus. But I want to teach you a little bit more about the role of the Holy Spirit and what he actually does in your life as a follower of Jesus. So they'll be up here on the screen one at a time. The Holy Spirit regenerates us, He brings about rebirth. The Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin, He empowers us with gifts. He testifies in our hearts that we are God's children. The Holy Spirit leads us, He makes us fruitful. He grants and nurtures resurrection life. He enables us to kill sin. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us when we don't know what to pray. The Holy Spirit guides us into truth. He transforms us into the image of Christ. And lastly, the Holy Spirit causes us to actually feel Christ's heart for us. So to summarize all of those statements into one, it would be the Holy Spirit makes the heart of Christ real to us. The Holy Spirit makes the heart of Christ real to you. He's the continuation of the heart of Christ for his people after the departure of Jesus to heaven. Now, if someone were to look at your life today, would they see an absence of the person and power of the Holy Spirit in your life? The Holy Spirit was Jesus' gift to you when he left this earth. So if you think about the Holy Spirit as a gift, remember that Jesus knows you better than anyone else, so he knows exactly what you need to get you through this life. Usually when someone gets a gift from someone who really knows them, they receive it with joy, and they use that gift to its full potential. Do you use the Holy Spirit's to his full potential in your life. One of my favorite theologians, Charles Spurgeon, said, if someone doesn't seem to know if they have the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in their life, it's fair to assume that they don't have it. Because if you have it, you should know it. Give a man an electric shock, and I warrant you, he will know it. But if he has the Holy Spirit, he will know it much more. This isn't something to hope about. One can know for certain that they are filled with the Holy Spirit. And I don't have the time to cover this chapter in depth today, but if you want to know more about the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the gift that he is to you, I encourage you to read the chapter of Romans 8 this week. Just write that down, Romans 8. It will tell you all about what the Holy Spirit does, but I want to read you one verse from that. Romans 8, 11 says, If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you... He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. If you are a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit indwelling you. Don't forget that. And that same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Some of us need to be reminded and we need to activate the Holy Spirit's power in our life. Remember Jesus' last words when he left his disciples in Acts 1-8 were, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that same word in the Greek for power is our English word dynamite. You have dynamite living inside you. Don't forget that. That's what we need to remember to get through this life. When temptations come, you can say no to them because you have the power of the Holy Spirit inside you. Finish out with me verses 8 through 10 and we'll close And he, Paul, entered the synagogue, and for three months he spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them. And he took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. This continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. Paul faithfully and passionately spoke Jesus boldly in the synagogue, but eventually he was driven out by unbelieving Jews. But does Paul give up? Does Paul give up? No. Does Paul ever give up? No. No. Paul just takes his disciples with him. He borrows a lecture hall from a Gentile teacher named Tyrannus so he can continue to teach these disciples how to follow Jesus. Because by himself, Paul knew that there was no way he could reach this whole region, but he could disciple and equip Christians to do the work of the ministry. And Scripture says Paul did this for two years until all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Discipleship is not a quick thing. Discipleship takes time. And it says Paul took two years teaching these disciples daily, every single day until he thought they were ready to be on their own. When you think about how we disciple people today, usually it's maybe once or twice a week. But Paul did this every day for two years. So I did the math. I'm not great at math, but it's not that hard. 365 times 2 is 730 days every single day Paul taught these disciples what it meant to follow Jesus. Who is it that God has put in your path that needs to be discipled to follow Jesus or even hear a complete gospel? Maybe they've heard there is a God. They've definitely heard they're a sinner. They've even heard that Jesus died for them, but that's it. That's an incomplete gospel. A friend told me a few years back, precious, an incomplete gospel is no gospel at all. Amen? Amen. And I have never forgotten those words. But you can share with them the complete gospel, that God the Father lives in heaven and he is holy. And there's a separation between God and us because we are sinners. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We choose our own way in this life instead of following God. But God loved us so much and he knew that we couldn't save ourselves. So he sent his perfect son Jesus down here to this earth to live and die taking the punishment of all our sin on himself as he hung on that cross. And he shed and gave his perfect blood for you. But if I stopped there, that would be an incomplete gospel. The complete gospel is that on the third day, he rose again, defeating sin, death, and the grave. And when we repent and confess of our sin, believing that he died on the cross and rose again to save us, we can be saved from an eternal death to an eternal life, and that is the complete gospel. (laughs) Nothing to do with us and everything to do with Jesus. Praise God. Romans 10.13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Who can you share that with this week? As we close, notice at the end of verse 10 that the people did not hear the words of Paul or even Apollos, but specifically it says they heard the word of the Lord. Our words will never change someone's heart or bring them to an understanding of the gospel but the words of Scripture can, and they do. That is why at Valley Church, we will always preach the Bible, because we believe it is the inspired word of God given to us so that we can know and follow our Savior, Jesus Christ. God's words are the only words that have the power to change someone's life. Circle back with me to the beginning, And remember that when you have a teachable heart like that of Apollos and those 12 Ephesian disciples, God can do great things through you. Remember that verse I read you at the beginning from Proverbs 9, 9? It reminds me of Apollos and these 12 men. I'm going to read it again. It says, give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. As you are faithful to learn and then apply and teach others the gospel, many people can come to know and receive Jesus just like they did in Acts 19.10. Will you bow your heads with me? I've been praying this prayer over all of you here who are my brothers and sisters in Christ throughout this week, and I want to pray it over you as we close. Father God, I pray for those here who are your followers and those watching and listening online. Will you give us teachable hearts? Oh God, keep us humble before you strip away the pride in our hearts and give us a desire to know you more god help us to take the opportunities that you give us to disciple those around us help us always to share a complete gospel And help us to use and rely on the power of Scripture to share Jesus. And lastly, would you help my brothers and sisters and myself to remember that we have dynamite power from the Holy Spirit living within us. Don't let us forget or neglect him. And with your head still bowed, maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus, but you realize that you can't save yourself. My prayer for you this week is that, has been that you would come to a knowledge of the truth and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you are ready to say, Jesus, I... Confess and repent of my sin I need you to save me you can do that today right now you can repeat this prayer after me say Jesus I believe that you are the way the truth and the life I confess and repent of my sin and I humbly ask you to save me Help me to follow you all the days of my life. Give me a teachable heart. And thank you for loving and saving me. With your head still bowed, if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, will you just show me by raising your hand? I see you, praise God. Father God, will you pour out your blessings on these people who've surrendered their life to you today? Jesus, help them to grow in their faith as they follow you. Bring more people into their life that can disciple them and teach them what it means to be one of your followers. And God, I just wanna say, Thank you for meeting with us this morning. God, may we always give you the glory for the work that you do. And it is in the name of your son, Jesus, that we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Valley Church. If you are impacted by today's teaching or made a decision to follow Jesus, we would love to hear from you, pray for you, and walk with you to connect with us visit valleychurchwv.com. There you will find resources on following Jesus and information about how to partner with us here at Valley Church as we seek, serve, and send disciples of Christ.